Are you like me in appreciating air conditioning? Yeah. Uh, I think you guys, I live a bit further east of here and uh, about 10 degrees warmer. And uh, I am grateful for it. Uh, Starting something new today. Since school starting right around the corner, I always think I I teach primarily freshmen. And uh, in addition to teaching math, uh, I spend a lot of time just trying to coach them on how to be good students. And one of the things that, that really does become overwhelming is trying to manage everything. Uh, and how to stay organized. So I was thinking about that this week. And what is it we really need uh, to talk about? I was reminded of when my, uh, my uh, oldest was, uh, we were expecting her. Uh, and uh, kind of exciting time having your first child. Uh, we went in for a, just a regular checkup. It was on a Wednesday and the doctor said, I'm not going to let you leave. We're going to induce this baby today. And, uh, uh, for four days they tried to induce labor. Um, no go didn't happen. Uh, so for four days, we barely slept. Uh, you know, if you've ever spent any time in the hospital, it's not a place to rest, even though they say that regularly. Uh, they keep coming in, they wake you up, they take vitals, things like that. And uh, we did not sleep for four days. And so uh, they finally took the baby uh, Saturday night, about 10 o'clock, and uh, we were exhausted. I mean, just worn out. And, and two days later, we took this new baby home, and she didn't sleep. In fact, when she did sleep, we were instructed to wake her up <laughs> regularly. And that's just horrible. Uh, I was so tired. Here I am, husband, new dad. I'm supposed to take care of them. That's when I learned something about myself. I am not a nice person when I'm tired. I'm not a happy person when I go without sleep. I will be honest. That's the first time my wife saw me cry. I just, I just cried. I was so tired. I just want to sleep. I whined. It was not pleasant. And what I needed was a power-up. In the video games, a power-up, it's an object that adds temporary benefit, extra abilities to the player character. Uh, I needed help 
because weariness, exhaustion is real. How about when you're so emotionally overworked with stress, school, work life, weariness is it. It's just being worn out is real. 27% of people said that they wake up tired four or more times a week. Can you sympathize with that? Those uh, that manage only six hours of sleep or less each night, uh, they're the ones that are most tired. In... uh, 2020, there were 633 traffic fatalities caused by drowsy-related crashes. One in 25 drivers admit to falling asleep behind the wheel, right? So, so they're tired, they wake up tired, they get in the car. I thought about that one driving here, one in 25 drivers. Now, it doesn't mean one in 25 drivers is at the moment falling asleep, but that 25 cars, at least one in them at some point acknowledged the fact that they fell, it didn't just feel drowsy, but actually fell asleep behind the wheel. Uh, I was very careful on my way here this morning. Drowsy driving and driving drunk have similar effects. Driving after more than 20 hours without sleep is estimated to be the equivalent of driving with a blood alcohol content of 0.08%. That people go without sleep and it causes accidents, obviously. Uh, Did you know that there were times when Jesus was tired? In the gospel of John, John 4, 6, it says Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus was tired and needed a break. Even while doing good things, it can be tiring when it seems like you have no support or a lack of support. That's why Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. It's possible to grow tired, perhaps frustrated, when it feels like you're the only one doing what you're supposed to do. We're doing it the right way, perhaps. Right? It's the, I just did the dishes and then I walk by the kitchen and there's dishes in the sink again. It's like, wait a minute. You can even hear the weariness in King David's words in Psalm 69, verse 3. He says, I'm weary with crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Right? You can hear it in that psalm. We need to acknowledge the reality of being tired, stressed, or burned out. And because weariness is real, what do we do? So first of all, at times, we all need to retreat. When Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to minister, when they returned, he actually called them 
to rest. In Mark 6, 31 and 32, it, it says this. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away to the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Okay, you can't get better than Jesus saying, look, you need to take a break. Just go away, get, get some rest. That sounds pretty good. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity to work until you fall over or so worn out that you snap. You know what I mean. That you start lashing out at other people because you're tired. Remember, the purpose of the Sabbath is rest and worship. We start to think that the Sabbath is just a fancy word for go to church. And that's, that's just not the point. That wasn't what was intended by the Sabbath. In Exodus 20, this is where we first learn about the Sabbath. Chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it, you shall not do any work. So it's holy. It's set apart. You're not supposed to work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made heaven earth and sea and all that's in them and rested on the seventh day. It's for rest. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath was given to the Jews. We just read about it in Exodus. What about Christians? We see in the first century church, the first century Christians were Jews and they kept the Sabbath. On Saturday, they did what Jewish people did on Saturday, but on Sunday, they gathered as the church, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And they kept Sunday as a holy day in recognition of the resurrection. This is the day the church meets to worship. And, and when the writer of Hebrews wrote to not give up meeting together, that's what he was talking about. The importance of gathering on Sunday and worshiping and remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's probably a good idea to be aware of the factors that contribute to weariness. First of all, some of you might be aware of this. Poor health. You've ever just you know, had a time where you just weren't well. It contributes to poor health. Uh, when I was in seminary, our pastor got sick, uh, was out for six months. And uh, the, the thing he told me the hardest was he didn't sleep well. And because he didn't sleep well, he was actually in more pain and more discomfort 
that how important it is to get rest for your body, that your body rejuvenates, not just you feel rested, but it actually heals when you sleep. Uh, poor health is an issue. It was an issue for the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, Paul says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, we don't know the details of what this thorn is, right? And so a lot of people speculate on what that might be. But we know that it was such that Paul was, was hindered in ministry. It made it hard to do certain things. And so he's even saying it's something that God gave him to keep him from being arrogant, right? That it was a humbling thing. And so it was important for that reason, but it made it hard to do ministry. So here's what Paul did in verse eight. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Right? That's how God worked it in him that it might keep him from being arrogant and enable him to be a better minister. Therefore, Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul, it, it really was this thing that kept him from ministering more effectively. And it makes sense that if that's the case, then we would be able to say, God, this is keeping me from serving you. Wouldn't you just take that away from me? Right? It seems obvious. And God said, no. In fact, I know things about you that you don't know. And so God allowed Paul to continue with this issue, this thorn in the flesh, so that he wouldn't be arrogant and he would be better equipped to minister, even with that. Paul got to the point where he was at peace with his ailment. He says, look, I'll boast all the more in Christ. I will brag on him all day because it's not about me. For when I am weak, that's when I'm strong, right? Because it's about him. So poor health is an issue. Undue stress is an issue. Notice I say it that way. It's not just stress in general. It's undue stress because Stress is a part of life. It's a reality. Learning to manage stress, though, that's important. So when stress gets out of hand, how do you react? What do you do about it? I was looking up several things. It's actually interesting when you look up how to manage stress. It pops up everywhere, right? Kaiser says, here's how to manage stress. And, and the city of Riverside they have a list on their website. Here's how to manage stress, according to the city of Riverside. And, and this actually is um, from WebMD. 
10 things to do. Makes sense. And these, I think, are fairly obvious. First of all, exercise. You're supposed to get out and do something physical. Get your mind off of it. and Get your body moving. Uh, the second is relax your muscles. I had to read, what does that mean, relax your muscles? That sounds like take a nap. No, it, it literally means uh, consciously uh, detensing your muscles, right? Because we tend to tense up. You have to consciously not do that. And, and there's things you could do. They, they talk about yoga and, and uh, uh, you know, meditation and things like that. I would, I would advocate, you know, scripture reading and, and maybe focusing on that instead. Um, deep breathing. That's a good one. My watch constantly tells me to breathe, used to just tell me the time. Now it says, stop and breathe. I eat well. That one's important, right? Every time when I get close to finals, I tell my students, make sure you sleep and you get a good meal before you come to class for the final, right? Don't stay up all night, sleep through the final, come in hungry. If I hear your stomach growl during the final, you've messed up, right? So eat well. And part of that's trying to eat healthy uh, as well as get a good meal and so on. Uh, this one was helpful. You might have a hard time with this. Slow down. It doesn't mean stop. It doesn't mean take a break. It means consciously slow down in what you're doing. Don't rush through it. Some of you are like, there's no way I can do that. I tend to rush through everything. And some of you are like, that is like my go-to. I'm just, I just kind of do things slowly. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not a natural thing for me. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to go do it. Let's get it done. So consciously slow down. And then obviously take a break, right? There's times when you just need to take a break. Uh, uh, make time for hobbies, right? Something you enjoy, something that you can Kind of get your mind off the stressful things. Uh, talk about your problems. Find someone that you can talk to. And I know we've, we've talked about that, not just uh, a mentor uh, or uh, you know, someone to hold you accountable, but always just someone to, to talk to. Uh, go easy on yourself, right? Don't be too hard on yourself. And then uh, the last one, number 10, was to eliminate triggers. So there are some things that, that are involved in your life you're aware of. You know what? If that wasn't a part of my life, I, I, right? Every time when I drive through LA on this freeway, I know the traffic's really bad. I'm not going to go that way. Or it gets really stressful when I have a project due uh, and I kind of put, put, it, put it off. So if I work on it ahead of time, right? Don't procrastinate. It's going to be less stressful. Some of you again are like, wait, don't procrastinate. I don't know how to do that. Uh, so kind of all those things working together to lower stress. That's why James, uh, he said, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, right? There's going to be stress. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. So 
the, the trials that come that bring stress is a part of life, but how you respond to it matters. And that's how you, you grow. And then uh, the, the third factor that contributes to weariness uh, is emotional turmoil. And that could be lots of things, but I was thinking primarily maybe uh, relationship challenges, loved ones that are going through difficult situations, things like that, that becomes really emotional. But it could be anything that when it comes along in your life, it adds to that stress. You need to be aware of it. Um, We often uh, talk about the, the times in people's lives where they're, where they're willing to hear about the gospel. And it, it tends to be these times. Uh, it's the times when maybe the loss of a loved one, uh, when uh, there's a birth of a baby and uh, someone's getting married, getting a new job, moving. All those kinds of things are times of, of tremendous stress, but also times of change. And people are willing to hear about the gospel then because they, they need it. And so emotional, emotional turmoil uh, just continues to add to that stress. Scripture says a lot about it. Just a couple of verses, Psalm 119, 143, trouble and anguish have found me, but your commandments are my delight, right? The answer to those troubles is God's word. And then Proverbs eleven twenty nine, the the first part of the verse uh, whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. Uh, you've probably heard that phrase before that, uh, you basically, uh, reap what you sow, you get what you earn. You don't want to be the one that adds the stress. And then, uh, Hebrews twelve twelve. therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Uh, right. The crooked path might be that area of, of stress. And so we need to work to straighten that out. So what do we do about this? So first of all, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at specifics, but I have a couple. I don't want to leave you hanging today. We're going to talk about all the things that are stressful and then walk away. Hey, see you next week. (laughs) Deal with it. Um, So I do have some good news. So first of all, the good news is that God is never tired. Amen? Right? That, That God's never worn out to the point where he throws up his hands and goes, you know what? You're right. I don't know what to do either. And that's what we do. Right? We get there. But God's never surprised. He's never stressed to that point. Uh, Isaiah 40, 28 says it. Have, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the, heads, the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And so God's never confused. He's never worn out. He's never stressed out and not knowing what to do. Your your challenges may be difficult, but the Lord will see you through. He promises that, right? That's why so many of those verses that, that hold out promise, we need to claim those. 
right? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. In Isaiah 57, 10, you were wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found new life for your strength and you were not faint. That's good news. That's a something to claim. In Romans 8, 28, uh, I recite this verse a lot. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now here's the hard part of that. It says that he's working these things for good. What is good? But what God says it is. That there are definitely things that I want God to do that he, that he doesn't. You know why? Because those things aren't good, even though I thought they might have been. And there has been a lot of things in my life. My guess is if you think about it, there are things in your life that you go, this is what I want. This would be really good. And then it doesn't, doesn't pan out. Well, if God is working things for good, then how come they didn't work out when I thought it was good? Because there are so many things that are going on that God knows that we don't. And that is good news. So for those who are called according to his purpose, uh, depending on where you're at in this process, that might be really easy to grab hold of. To say, you know what? I understand God's working for good and, and I'm excited about that. But it also might be really hard, right? To say, well, God is working things for good, but I still have to endure this. Well, we've talked through a lot of verses today about how God does work things in a way that we don't always understand, but that God knows. Um, I have some next steps for you today. Uh, first of all, uh, we need to acknowledge the effect that weariness has in our lives. Is that something that you could admit and acknowledge? Uh, because if so, then you're ready to take the next step. Of what do you do about it? And then the second one, then take the Sabbath seriously and get some rest. <coughs> Excuse me. So what does that mean to take the Sabbath seriously? Well, you're like, well, we're here, right? Doesn't that count? Um, it, it means that there are times when as, as much as you're, you know, okay, so I'm going to go to church and then after church, we're going to go get something to eat. And then I've got this project to do. And then I've got work around the house and then I've got to get ready for, for Monday. And very well, what you need to do is what I often do on Sunday. I get home. I put on a t-shirt and some shorts. And I get a cup of coffee. And I still fall asleep. And then I wake up a little later in the day. and Right? Because I take the Sabbath seriously. I can't always do that. But I try to. I don't always fall asleep. Sometimes I stay awake and I just read. 
but, but I try to take the Sabbath as seriously as I can, right? Set that time aside. And, and if you're not in that position, there's some of you, there's people that aren't here today because they had to work. Some of you are like, man, I got to get to work after this or whatever. Then you make sure you're careful to take a day, take time and take a Sabbath. You've got to, right? Because it's not just, well, I'd like to do that. No, you need to do it. It's important, right? If weariness is real, you need that time. And then um, I have on there to pray through Psalm 61. And so you could, I I didn't say memorize Psalm 61 because I didn't want to add more stress, right? (laughs) So just, you could just read through it, pray through it would be fine. But I'm going to read through it now. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praise to your name as I perform my vows day after day. I guess you'll have to decide who the the king is you're praying for. Let me pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you that you you understand us. You understand us in a way that we don't. And since you are our creator, you know what we need best. My prayer is that we would uh, take your words seriously. Our need for Sabbath, our need for rest. And over the next couple weeks, as we talk about how to power up, you give us an understanding of what you desire to do in our lives, to give us refreshment. And Father, that we're better equipped to serve you and to honor you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Father, you know what's going on in their lives and the challenges that they have. And so, Lord, I don't want to make light of anything that if there's uh, serious challenges, that your hand would move in their life and you would be at work. And you bring healing where necessary, healing to bodies, healing to relationships. And Father, most of all, our relationship with you that you would draw us ever closer to you. Father, if we're in uh, need to acknowledge our sin, to repent and to trust you, that's where we spend time today. Father, most of all, that you would be glorified in our lives, in what we work at, and how we rest. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.